been searching high and low for two years. We've had some amazing guests, but I'm telling you, this guy, we've been trying to track his ass down for two years. And I tell you what, we finally got him. I, I, we we got to ask him what happened. I don't know what turned turn the light on, but Brian, do you want to introduce him? Well, look at that. I had to go to Butte, Montana. Anyone anyone who's been to Butte or know about Butte, um, the, the locals here call it the center of the universe. So people say it go built ahead. this country. God bless you. <laughs> Butte Town. We got Sean Wetzel from the Highline there. He's a uh, man. I tell you what, this guy's a world traveler. He's been to. He was in Browning and Cup Bank and Corvallis, and then I mean all around. I mean the guy's global. I, I like to refer to him as the Bill Walton of Montana. I well, really... I don't know about that. I'd like to think some of the strenal verbiage I throw together has a little more contextual accuracy, and it makes more fucking sense. There you go. That's his spirit. You know, I mean Bill Walton's a man of his own, but I tell you what, you get what's going, and this is a this is good stuff because I think. Um, after this is done, me and Wetch are going to have our own podcast. We're going to call it Burnt Pretzels. Oof. <laughs> Extra salty, double-sided cheese, if you please. So we, yeah, listen. And, and so Wetch, let's, I'll tell you what. Give us the Reader's Digest version, if if that's at all possible. Give us a little rundown of, uh, let's just take us straight from the High Line and all the way down to Butte. Where, where are your travels? Got, where, well, you know, I, I've been blessed with a very nomadic life. Mm-hmm. I uh, was born in Moose Lips, Montana, January 31st of 1970, if you please thank you kindly. Moose Lips? Moose Lips, Missoula. or better known as Missoula. Yeah. Zoo Town is so corny. St. Pat's? Oh, yeah, St. Pat's. Oh, that makes three, St. Pat's. That makes three of us. Turn a fourth floor. Now, yeah, I was I was born in St. Pat's in uh, in '71, and they blow that baby down. They, they blew that building up. Yeah, no, they, yeah, they actually then went to community where my uh, second brother Ryan was born. Uh, Ten years later, about nine and a half. Thank you. So, it was uh, was it Don? It was from that we went to Browning. Dad coached up there. Uh, the legendary he Donnie Wetzel. Yeah, he was either going to Michigan State to go coach with Heathcote or go back to Browning and, you know, serve his people, steward his people. And that was his vision. And my Uncle Earl, you know, the father of Indian education, according to Joe McDonald in the state of Montana, was Joe the Mc- guy that called him there. You know, that was my grandma Muzzy's brother. Joe McDonald, he has nothing to do with the franchise, does he? Uh, the Burgers? No, no, Joe, Jesus, if that isn't the most redneck expected, that's the first, okay, so that's going to be the first redneck innuendo you're going to get from these cats, and believe you me, I'm calling them out on it like Dave Chappelle. That's what I'm talking about. So, listen now, Donnie Wetzel, this is news to me, so Donnie had a chance to go from Judd Heathcote. Wanted to go coach with him. Over to Michigan State, where they won a national championship eventually with Urban. Well, Dad and them won the championship the same year Judd Heathcote won it in 79 80, if I'm not mistaken. I haven't for, thought for, about that. For Browning? Yeah, for Browning. And that was Browning's first state title. So, yeah, I spent all the way through, you know, fourth grade in Browntown. Then we went to Moose Lips again, where I had my mom's fifth grade teacher, Mr. McSloy at Willard Elementary. Now an adult education school, respectively, but I digress. Nearly got kicked out of school the first Mm -hmm. week of school for kicking the shit out of three white boys I didn't know how to deal with. 
Um, you know, Browning, you get eye contact and it was imminent. Did you they know, know that the guy eyeballs on? you, you're screwed. Did they know you were a white boy? Well, I mean, again, I rolled in for all intensive purpose, look like the rest of you guys, but I had a different, you know, yeah. whatever. Manicular. So I didn't even understand it at the time. Christ. So, yeah, these kids wanted to get into their little monologues and looking over each other's shoulders. And, yeah, no, I just folded three guys and was going to get kicked out of school. And the best thing Dad said was, hey, Sean, listen, he says, for the most part, he says, just you're pretty much around your own people now. They're just different than, you know, our people in Blackfeet country. He says, unless you're running into Butte or Anaconda kids, most of the white boys around here are just going to be talking shit looking over their shoulder yeah. to make sure their buddies are there. So he says it's a different language, and the only non-Blackfeet that speak it in the state are in Butte and Anaconda. So that was the first time I ever really realized subconsciously. It's, a, it's the first time you ever saw a white man. No, no. <laughs> I uh, My dad played had a kid that played for him named Keevan, tall white man. Seven so uh, put that in your pipe and smoke it. And for the record, I every time I went to Cut Bank – I saw a little bunch of little pasty ass, pink ass white boys in the name of Burns. So uh, yeah. if we, if we want to be uh, on point about that, they called us the pasty gangsters up in Cupcake. <laughs> if you were only so lucky, the pasty gangsters. And so uh, Browning was class B back then, weren't they? A. Alpha. They the went ball. B in 1985. Yeah, 485, because that's when they had the infamous game with J.R. Manson and. Wait uh, now. The, the Malta no. double overtime. Oh yeah, that was okay. a good one. That J- triple double. Yeah, it was double overtime, and that was uh, who was the big coach? McNamara was on that roster, and he fouled <laughs> out going into overtime. Oh yeah. hey, Wes, I got to tell you about McNamara. We when I was a freshman, they pulled me up to varsity, which was cool, and I'm sitting on the bench, and McNamara gets the ball, and he goes to half court. He tries pulling the Michael Jordan tries dunking from the free throw line. And it hit the back of the rim, and it shot all the way back to half court. He got hung. The coach pulled him out. McNamara. Remember that? You I remember did that? that. I did that against Lodgegrass. Absolutely verbatim. We're getting clocked. We lose year? for 88, year? my senior year. So, so Elvis? Yo, Elvis is coming out party. He was a sophomore. He had those two <laughs> old bull brothers, uh, Emmett oh. and Craig, Lyndon Driftwood. Rich Redfield was probably most athletic cat that i'd probably ever played against just in terms of overall cyborg athleticism was this a state tournament in missouri yeah yeah so we lose our first game to class a whitefish then we rattled off uh, 23 in a row including the uh opening round with uh lance wasson jeff welch uh Corey chandler um and uh, some of those guys frank graham uh in malta we run into lodge grass and we're down, I don't know, 16, 15, 16. And uh, I get a steal. I'm playing my ass off, but you just feel like you're spinning your wheels. You know, you're not going anywhere. And uh, I got, I caught a steal. I took off. I picked it at half court. They were kind of getting lazy because they're slapping the shit out of us. And uh, yeah, I took it off, tipped it, took off from just inside. I think my heel might have been on it. But yeah. I wasn't, I was probably a foot shy. I was a little too shy to shy, hush, hush, <laughs> I do I like Kaja Goo Goo on that dunk. Hits the back of the rim. I basically threw it at the back of the rim. 
horn sounds the ball landed like three seconds later it went up it came down like the helium that came out of those basketballs on the fish that saved Pittsburgh. Remember oh, that? nice the reference. Fish that say he hey, pissed. tell him. Tell him what you I have that right movie. Away. I, I bought The first that thing movie. I saw, and I took a picture of it, was the album. Ladies and gentlemen, if there's two sports movies that, that go unnoticed, <laughs> it's The Fish That Saved Pittsburgh, and the, and the movie we talked about with Tinko is Vision Quest. Ooh. Out of Spokane. But let me tell you, my, I'm going to give you an Elvis Holbull <laughs> story, right? He was the same age as me. So right. 19, I can't say the same age, but yeah. we graduated the same year. Yeah, right, okay. right. So we got to get that straight. But so I'm playing a senior. Uh, Radisson did a, in Billings, a senior, whatever. Yeah, term. yeah. Radisson so classic. We go down there and we play Southern B. Elvis is on there. Elvis is a legend at this time, right? Well, yeah. And so we, uh, I saw him the night before in the elevator. He had a big duffel bag and he said, hey, why don't you come up to the real beer? And he unzips that thing, and he had about four cases of beer in that thing. And I said, oh, you know what? Man. We got a ball game tomorrow at Elvis. So I, I declined. We play Elvis, and I'm like, okay, I'm guarding Elvis this game. And my, I was telling my kids Thinking about this. Thinking you had a decided advantage. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. In parentheses. <laughs> please proceed. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm guarding Elvis. I remember we're sitting at... Someone's shooting a free throw, and Elvis and I are at half court, and we're talking. He's He's got his hands on his knees. He's sucking wind. I go, what happened? I got that beer getting to you? He said, no, not too bad. It's that, it's that wacky tobacco I was smoking. <laughs> I said, all right. So my kids say, well, how did you? How did it go? I said, well, I know this. He didn't go off. Okay? He didn't go off. So we went and pulled up the clippings. Sure enough, he only had 43 that game. Yeah, see, <laughs> see. And he, Brian didn't know what was going on because he also realized that he was guarding him. He, oh, God, was, uh, I mean, he just walked out of there with his pink oozy cheeks just burnt whole because it was yeah. on fire. It, it was on it fire. Was, and I want to ask Wetzel really quick about Huck Finn. I want to know what, what that guy's doing. I want you to tell just Huck a quick two-minute story. A fictional character, you meathead. Huckleberry. Huckleberry, the one that played ball with you at Corvallis. I am not sure. Who? Huckleberry who? <laughs> Succeed, maybe. Okay, Huck's- there you go. I just want to make sure we're in the right uh, ballpark here. Yeah, come on. I told you, I'm beholding these guys' point. Don't let them fool you. They're probably going to edit out all this stuff. No, 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 no. Raw dog in it. Raw no, dog. Raw dog. There's no editing. So, so Huxie, Tommy Bottom as a ball player, and then what? He went to do, throw some cards, didn't he? No, no, yeah. I mean, when we moved to Corvallis, it was tough because we had everybody coming back pretty much. We lost Kevin Barch and Frank Mayo. In terms of our enforcer interior guys in the double A, but we had a guard by the name of Casey Schultz. It was pretty smooth. But we had Mulholland, we had Schwain, we had Graney, we had Romney, we had everybody back. Seed? No, this is in Helena. <laughs> and then Mama. they then they they totally raw dog dad. That's why Helena High is still about half fold worthy these days because they make sure they bring in feckless cats and dad wasn't one of them. So they ran his ass out. Nevertheless, we go to Corvallis and, you know, I'd moved before. So I was kind of used to just finding my own rhythm. I never really went out and sought people. I always just ended up finding a basket. Mm-hmm. If I could find an outdoor hoop, it just everything kind of took care of itself. People would stop by and ask questions or whatever, but. Long story short with Huck was, you know, I roll in and, you know, I'm doing my own thing and he doesn't really present himself too much socially. 
But once school started, I got to know him, and I noticed a lot of people blew him off. A lot of people, I don't know, they all kind of had misgivings or weird, you know, Huck's just strange. And they didn't realize that he operated on an absolutely brilliant intelligence level. Oh, yeah. He's a math guy? Huck's a savant. He's, you know, how Rain Man was an idiot savant? Huck's just a savant. There's no idiot about that cold, calculated-ass kid. Well, they didn't, you know, he was a smooth, skinny kid, and even was dad. He, dad left, he was left-handed, dad, wasn't he? Lefty. Was he left? yep. Dad says, get that Huck kid in your pocket. He's going to help you. Uh-huh. You know, so your dad always had that way about him. He was Donnie coaching? No, no, no. Dad at that point went into administration. Hell on a high, that was the last coach coaching job he ever did officially you know he mm-hmm. did a lot of big sky games and coaching kids along the way i think he helped out with plenty coup years later when christian was a little guy but uh that was just a volunteer kind of giving mm-hmm. those crows some of mm-hmm. his black feet medicine and you know we know was mike white on that roster oh, oh yeah. my roster yeah yeah that he guy hit, I, he, dropped, he dropped i think he hit like six threes one game we played them when we were at florence probably He's definitely Shelby right now. What's funny about that is on our way to the state tournament game, we're actually, I totally spaced this. You got, this is pretty funny just in the futility of it all, but I'll get to that. We play planes in the state uh, or in the divisional championship game and they triple team me for three quarters. I got eight points and I got eight assists and, uh, Six of them were to Mike because he had 36 at the half. Or I was I was at that game. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Was Pilgrim on that team? No, no. They graduated the year before. Mm-hmm. So yeah. then we uh, – But let's go back to Huck. Well, I mean, we're, hey, who's running this shit? You <laughs> no, just pipe I... down there, Sally. Okay, put your seatbelt on in the back seat here. All right, me and my man are driving. That's right. You're we'll... lucky we picked your ass up hitchhiking, for God's sake. We'll, we'll call you off the bench. We'll let you know. We'll give you We'll give you the, the lefty. We'll tap on our left hand. You can come and off the bench. What I want the listeners to know is, is when I missed the dunk that your boy McNamara did um, at halftime, we're down 13. We ended up. I ended up with a, like a near quintuple double. You know, I had a steal and a couple blocks away from it. Wow. Was this and we got beat. This is in the state semifinals. And we got beat 93 to 76. Oh, I mean, Elvis they waxed out. us. Well, yeah, Elvis good. had a, just a smooth, cool, mm-hmm. uh, nonchalant 36, 10, and 10. And uh, I just didn't have any help. You know, our guys were young. <laughs> Mike and I were the only guys, really. Randy Cook, you know, he wanted to be, but, you know, he never really could come out and get her done like we would have needed. And, but, you know, I wouldn't trade Cook for nothing, not to disparage, just talking ball. Yeah. You know, needing clutch shots. Because they beat, they beat Fairfield that championship, I think. It was mm-hmm. a Gamrod's outfit. Mm-hmm. Was Hendricks on there? Yeah, he was 88. He was my grade. I'll be going to hell. I'll be going to hell. So yeah, back to hug seed then there, fella. Okay, you're all your nipples all pierced and ready to roll. God, look at him. He's twisting them. Hey, you can't do He's that. Twisting on it off. Come on. Yeah, come on, put it down. Put your pants on. Great. So Huck was Huck was the uh card up the sleeve, really. You know, a lot of guys came out, did their thing. Huck didn't give a shit about nothing. 
you know, social perception wise. He was almost bored by, you know, shit. And I, I'd find myself piping people down. Oh, you guys don't know what the hell you're talking about. You don't even know. I've known better than you guys, and I ain't been here but six months. So now he's now he's shuffling cards. So that was down my there. sophomore year. Long story short, without Huck, yeah, it'd have been a lot tougher to do we, what we did and have the success we had in those first two years. Did but he yeah, go yeah. Down, he did he go to, straight down to Vegas after that? He went to Caltech, man, one of the top three engineering schools in the world. This kid was, uh, I mean, academic full ride. You know, nobody even recognizes that wow. at all. I didn't I know, know that. Montana have ever gotten a full ride scholarship to Caltech. Wow. Honestly. Yeah, um, and there's a, there has to be a few, of course, because there's some sharp sons of bitches in Montana. These two I'm with, notwithstanding. But again, I digress. The pasty gangster. <laughs> the pasty gangster. <laughs> the pasty gangster. But no, but so he went down. So then he went to Caltech and then he went to Vegas. And, and pass fail. He barely passes everything on purpose. He finds himself at a poker tournament, comes back with six grand. After Christmas break, forks me over 500 bucks, and I'm like, what are you doing, Huck? What are you t- what's going on? Oh, it's because you always picked me up. You always took care of me. You always took me where we, you were always my ride, and you just, you were the closest guy I had to a brother here other than my own. And I was That's like, cool. and they, you know, Huck was a stud. He was just misunderstood, but sadly enough, like a lot of people, they don't want to take the time to do that because people weird them out based on their own insecurities, you know? So yeah. Huck's a real G kind of in that diamond in the rough deal. And I'm just glad dad helped me know how to bring the right pickaxe, you know, and get him going. You know, yeah. you challenge him, he'd go right at you. So it was good, you know, and he could compete. He was six, five, he was just an inch or two shorter than me at the time. I love so, the name. Huxley, yeah. if, I mean, I, I've always told people like, if you, if you can get some of the guys from Browning to make it to the NBA or get anyone from the reservation, to make it to the NBA, what would those jersey sales be like with an old bull jersey Jesus. or a cross gun jersey? I mean, would, right? those, would those jerseys fly off the shelf or what? I'd have to think so. Takes enemy. Who? I mean, oh man, <laughs> I got a story about him. Jonathan takes. Was he from Harden? Uh huh. So so Huck just to wrap Harden. up Huck Seed. So Huck Seed then. So then after that, that's so, when he went to Vegas. He tells me he does the deal. He's like scrap school the second semester. Doesn't want nothing to do with it. Starts gambling in California. He was getting to tables and starts getting to be good friends with none other than Jerry Buss. What? So, yeah, Huck was good friends with Jerry Buss. How about he played it? At his play, they played a lot of poker together. Huck no, stayed at his house several times. Uh, how you know, how did just that happen? Huck table, right table, man. Again, you know, some people just, Huck, Huck was that guy. You know, he just had a way about him. You know, those kind of cats just end up doing the right thing. I think the brother's overseas right now doing some uh, exploring, checking shit out. He's got a gorgeous young man, probably about a junior, sophomore in high school right now. I think he's in Sacramento. And then, go he, and then he goes to Vegas. And did he win the World Series of Poker? Or, or? Yeah, he won the World Series of Poker in two, 99, 2000. He was the youngest at the time. And he's actually in a Guinness Book of World Records, the hard, you know, the millennial edition or centennial, you know, the 2000 hard copy for winning the largest pot in uh, one night or in a weekend in you in world poker history. And that was like two point six million dollars. I mean, can you believe that? It's like 15, 20 now, you know. So then he buys 
a bunch of Bitcoin along the way at 50 cents a piece. Hell yeah, yeah we, we went and checked out some record stores. Oh yeah, we went over to we went over to Butler and uh, and shot around with with Ryan. Ryan really enjoyed having Wetzel here. He uh, still talks. He, he, still talks. he just graduated with a biomedical engineering degree, and he just he just he just got offered a job yesterday at Boston Scientific in Arizona. So he's doing good. F and A cotton. F and A. Okay, cotton. so listen, I want to talk about something. <laughs> so after so Wes went went to went to the University of Montana, played a little ball, and wait, I he, little- wait, hold on before Brian. When he was playing ball, my my favorite Wetzel moment, and he doesn't even know this. When we I was in the stands and he was there was a timeout. There was a timeout and he was he was he was he wasn't in the game at the time. And he's got a deck of cards behind his back during the timeout, shuffle those cards and spinning those cards around. And all of us in the stands were laughing. <laughs> he says it's ass. not true. Dude, you oh, are fuck, so, that is so true. The shit you're shoveling, man. It must be endless in that. Oh my god, thing. that is one hundred percent true. You shuffling a deck of cards. Come on, that's a stretch. Uh, during, I'm in the, I'm in my, I'm in the, I'm the hot, in a jersey. This is during a game. This is during a game. You, you weren't, you weren't playing. You're so you're on the bench at that moment. But you get up for a timeout. You're standing there. We during must the have been smoke. I don't even recall that. I don't yeah, ever. I during, don't even so understand why I would have a deck of cards. I, well, you it, had them on the bench. Maybe it was a person <laughs> behind me, and I showed him a cool parlor a trick. Or that's what I'm talking about. But I I want I, I want to get clarification on something. And this Cars. is just, just shifting gears a little bit. But you've been up to you've been to Cup Bank a time or two, right? Oh no, yeah. I mean, Dad's from Cup Bank. Yeah. So now we know that there's a small town, and the, I mean, get directions are easy. It's either north, east, or west, right? The streets. But I heard from a friend of mine who lives up there. He gave you directions, and uh, you you went to the wrong house. <laughs> Josh <coughs> Josh Larson. Oh my <laughs> God. How about that story? Listen. Oh, my. Can you break it down for us? So I'm with the uh, second battle axe that I threw a ring on her finger. Just kidding. She's, yeah, man, don't even get me into that. No, no. I'll be going to Trembling Hills Recovery Center for about three weeks. Hey, um, yeah, so we're traveling through. We're going to Glacier. We're doing something. We're going up to Brown. I think we ended up getting up to... St. Mary's were kicking it with, I think we were going to Matt and Veronica Kempfert's wedding. That's the weekend it was, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So we're heading west. <clears throat> I called Josh. You know, I've talked to him ahead of time. He's like, oh, yeah, hey, man, my dad's not around. You could just stay at his house if you want. I'm like, yeah, because <laughs> we had people in Browning. But I thought once I connected in Browning, I'd kind of get absorbed. And we were getting up to... Uh, so I wanted to kind of be slick and get through Browning first. So I didn't want to draw any attention, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was cut bank was the perfect hideout, you know, plus Josh, you know, he loves doing shit like that. So you can go throw your name around because he's kind of a little fag, but you know, I love him anyway. (laughs) Please do not edit that. That's shit. I mean, this like it's the seventies for Christ's sake. I can take the Lord's name in vain and no one bats an eye, but I, you know, hey, listen. Nothing's in the cutting group. My uncle Peetsy, <laughs> out in Seville, would say, "Hey, my boy, go out to my truck, grab my fags off the dash, and the yeah. matches are in the ashtray." Smokes, smokes. That work's been hijacked yeah. in my lifetime, yeah, so I don't you. give a flying shit. So anyway, you're you're gonna go see Josh. Oh no, Josh. So we're, Josh's dad's like, yeah, no, stay at my dad's house. And the the thing about the metropolis of Cutbank 
is uh, on both sides of Maine are Fifth Avenue and Fifth Street. Yeah. Fourth Avenue and Fourth Street again. It just <laughs> it's weird how it happened, but uh, yeah, he tells me go around the back. The key is up by the deal, and uh, so we pull up and it looks quiet. There is a car in the driveway, and you know it's too late to call him at that point in time because we were coming from Fort Peck. What time are we talking? To- oh, it was probably one one thirty a.m. in the morning. Okay, yeah. so you know, people are sleeping. So, right? Except for the party animal road trip all stars like your boy Wets. <laughs> road tripping, baby. So the kids' mom and I, we stop in, we look and size it up. I say, all right, come on, let's go around back. We walk around back. There's street lights all over the place. Again, it's dark, you know, but it's not like we're inconspicuous, even though I am a stealth six eight or five feet twenty inch noppy quan, mind you. <laughs> So that being said, uh, the the key isn't up by the deal, but I look over and there's this little uh, hot tub uh, pH kit or whatever. Well, I lifted that up and shit, sure enough, there's a key. <laughs> so we open the, get in there, pop it open. We walk in, I'm feeling around the wall for the lights and can't find nothing. So... We walk over and I get just, I can kind of see a silhouette. So I get kind of the stairs and I find a light and it flicks it on in the living room behind me. You know, the family room behind me, we just came in through. Thank God. Because it showed enough on the stairs for some ruffling around start going on. But not before I'm looking at four or five family pictures on the wall going, (laughs) hey, for the love of God and everything holy, this isn't the Larson pad. This is not Steve's pad. Go, go, get out, get out. I flick the light shut, trip over, kind of kick a box, laughing. You know, you'd think I'd have gotten high or something oh before I did it, but I was giggling like a so schoolgirl no, so at no that point. All I didn't want to hear was a... Yeah, that's all I was just scared to death I'd hear. So we're parked right out in front of the house. We fly through the backyard into the alley, wrap around, and as we hear people in the backyard, we slip back around. This old Blackfeet trick, you know, misdirection. Hopped in the rig. Thank God they never got my plates because they had a totally, you know. What did the family look like? Could you describe the family that you saw? You know, I, I, you know, they looked kind (laughs) of like the guy on Bob's Burgers, and it wasn't. Stevie, though. No, it was not Stevie Larson. I can tell you that emphatically. <laughs> oh, that's clean living. I, I, I got a hold of Josh. I go, Josh, Wetz is coming on. And he says, okay. You got, you got, you got, <laughs> that's who you, you heard got, it from. You got it. There's a lot of guys that have brought it up to me, though, but that's money because Josh yeah. will tell a good yarn. Yeah, that's right, man. Well, so that's up there, the highlight. And, and I, I've never gotten lost in Cup Bank, but you know what? You really didn't get lost. No, I just didn't realize there were two fifth streets within two blocks of each other, a fifth avenue and a fifth street. You guys know how it whatever oh, it I know. rolled. Yeah. So yeah, it was uh quite the experience. And we ended up where we needed to be by then, you know. Yeah. But uh yeah, that was uh one of my cut bank stories, I tell you that. You know, I I'm just gonna touch on it briefly because I don't think people can appreciate um Indian basketball in Montana. I mean, it's like, uh, 
it's the it's the best kept secret in the country because it is the best style of basketball. But you funnel it down, and a guy named we talked about Elvis Old Bull, three time state champion, three time MVP state champion, McDonald All American, and could be. I mean, there's been a lot of great players come through, but as far as what I've seen, like the, the, my eyes, I saw, arguably, he's the best bas- high school basketball player that I have watched. Right? I'm sure that there's people that can pile the stacks, but he. He could play some ball, and it was straight red ball, and it was beautiful. And like I said, he dropped forty something on me. It's quiet. It was always quiet. Like he, but he, yeah, he, no, he just had a way about it. He didn't operate. You know, white boys get all intense. Brothers slap the floor, move your feet, ha ha ha, this quicker and shit. Elvis was he played basketball like Pepe Le Pew, and everyone else was that goddamn cat with the paint stripe on her tail. <laughs> he never, he never flex, he never had a muscle flex. He was so relaxed every moment. No, he was just chilling. Again, he operated at his own speed. Oh, it was beautiful. And it he would poetry. just deceive cats so fluidly with his handles and his just Pumping. the way he kept you at bay. Well, I was coaching at Loyola. I was the assistant coach there, and we would come up to Shelby for the uh, preseason, and uh, we played Browning, right? And I just, I, I just had to tell my kids, I'm like, look, don't go for the pump fake, because you're gonna see about 500 of them babies. There's, everything is gonna be a pump fake. Just keep your feet. And then, man, th- those kids from Loyola, their jocks must have been hanging on the oh, rafters because they went just for every a bunch single of one. Grasshoppers. They went for every one of them. I'm like, okay. It, it, we're not, you know what? We're not gonna try anymore. It's just gonna happen. Yeah. We just got it's it, then it turned into help defense. Listen, we just need the help because <laughs> no, Jimmy's gonna be in the bleachers over there with the pump fake. But it's just be, it's just it's poetry, man. And, and what's unfortunate is you just don't see a lot of them at the college level. Um, they just I mean I think high school basketball is there. It's 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 the epicenter for them. Like that's that is the peak of and it's beautiful to watch. So if anyone hasn't watched. You know, that style of basketball, and you got a chance, go take a peek. You're gonna like it. I mean, even if you're not a basketball fan, you'll be able, be able to appreciate that. And then I know Wetz has been around it quite a bit. He's coaching now here in in Butte, America. For the yes, Bulldogs. sir. Go Bulldogs. Good Bulldogs, Class A. How do you like it? Double A, biatch. A double A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got. Oh, I got a question for you. The shot clock has it changed? I mean, I noticed last year the shot clock. Like you saw scores that had like 30, 40 point spreads, and I guarantee it had to be from the shot clock. I mean, has it been a big ch- change for like? Uh, no, I mean, you know, you just basically, you know, dinosaured the the Dean Gamrats of the world with yeah, that yeah, type yeah, deal. Yeah. That's oh, all. Yeah. No, you just changed it. You forced. You know, oddly enough, I was surprised at how often. You'd see teams just like missing out on the clock. Coaches would be trying to get them to go in early. Everybody pretty much got the adjustment late, you know, I mean, within the season. But uh, yeah, it was definitely interesting. You definitely had to be mindful of two clocks at that point in time, you know, possession by possession. You know, the shot clock was the only one. Where are you going? Hey, do you need a hey. book of matches? <laughs> Turn on the fan, open a window if you're going there, take a William Shatner. So what what's this talk about here? Because you can't see. Bill just got up and left. Yeah, he just exited. He, he, he's still Bill. Get Bill, back on the bench. Bill's kind of got a somewhat of a soft constitution. It's so you know, I might have said something. Did I upset you there, Sunshine? Did no? I had to go grab. I had to go grab a beer. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. No, oh, I love to bust your. Is that the high life? The champagne. Right. Me? You're damn right it is. 
champagne. Oh, day, man, baby. me and Brian Swain back in what, two, I don't even remember. We were. Oh, he was <laughs> on your Hel- he was on your Helena squad. Oh yeah, Brian Swain was. Yeah, he was. He's an G. athlete, boy. People don't I realize think he's, a, he's a great. I think he's the greatest athlete to ever come out of Montana. I listen, and I'm going to substantiate that, my friend, with a little nugget of gold that you two cats might not be aware of in the context of sports history from the big sky. Bring it. Let me lay it on you. He was the only guy in the world for about nine months till some Russian pulled it off to high jumped over seven feet and pole vaulted. In the same day, over 17 feet in and the same day. Holy How shit, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah he's, he, too, he's too humble. He would not, he wouldn't tell exactly. anybody that. No, he was a world class track athlete. Well, he was know? this close to being in the decathlon, the US Olympic decathlon. Yeah. No, Brian, and you know, again, there, he's like the Elvis Obel of white dudes. Oh, and exactly. Again, to his credit, he was an East Helena kid. He's telling the kids, Montana City kids, those guys were my jam, being from Browning, recognizing other side of the tracks kids. You know what hey, I mean? Hey, Wets, we we played golf this summer, and he doesn't play a whole lot of golf. I play 100 rounds a year, and we so we he played at that. He probably your ass. Well, let, let me tell you what happened. And, I mean, I'm like a I'm – like <laughs> well, I'm like a seven handicap now, right? I'm like – I'm gonna. I'm actually. I'm actually gonna give. I'm actually gonna give give him a run. I was thinking this myself, and we got done. I thought I. I I didn't. We. I didn't check on the score. I'm like, I got him. I'm like, all right. uh, So how do we end up? And he's like, whatever. You shot a 82, and I'm like, what'd you shoot? Like 83. He's like, yeah, I like 72. You know, I mean, he beat me like by 10 strokes. <laughs> I did. He made you a hand. And I, I felt like I beat him and he beat strokes. He whipped my ass by 10 strokes and he, he plays like one tenth as much as I do. <laughs> That's Brian, man. That's how he is. It's karma. You know, yeah, he could probably grab a cornhole bean bag and, right. you know, and set a record. Yeah, there's another word that's been hijacked. Hey, when I was in junior high, no one wanted to get cornhole. No. <laughs> No, that meant bad news, man. That meant like some severe damage to your pucker by virtue of a couple of pointy prayer for like posed fingers or a knee, mind you. But now, God bless it, we invite each other over to our backyards and barbecue so we can cornhole each other every summer. What's that about? First time someone told me that they wanted to play cornhole, I just brought a gauze pad. (laughs) Because I thought, <laughs> I thought this, for them, I hope if you were yeah, a willing yeah, participant like I, listen, I just want in to rectal very, bleeding that I'm really curious as to how long this I is going to proceed. Yeah. I'm nervous. Well, I just walked in the backyard. I saw these boards. I, I thought they were just, you know, I saw a couple boards with a hole in it. And I'm like, all right. But yeah, that did get hijacked, the corner. But you know one thing back in the day, you know, the, the things, that, the games that we played and you don't see anymore is the lawn darts. The ooh, metal lawn darts, ooh, yeah. You remember that? Oh, dude. So, yeah, we launched one in up in the air as high as we could, yeah. and then we had a competition. You had to stand under it, and whoever fucking moved, uh, yeah. whoever moved first lost. Yeah. So they had a metal tip coming straight down. I mean, down the thing head. weighed a pound and a half, two pounds. It was about eight inches. 
with those two, three big plastic feathers. That, <laughs> um, that those things were absolute weapons. Did you guys we play, had Brian uh, Robinson guys... caught one. He had that thing sticking out of his head like a feather. Oh, we, no. He had one sticking out of the back of his head. It went under the skin. It didn't hit the skull, but it slipped under the skin on his in his skull, and it sat there like an Indian feather with that metal, <laughs> the metal tip coming out of the back. Of oh his my head. god! And uh, and this was in year what? He's never been the same. He's never been able to, you know, every time he walks past a microwave, he just pisses his pants. <laughs> did you guys ever, hey, Wetch, did you guys ever play chicken with a knife in, like in grade school where you put your feet on the ground and you throw it, you, you throw it between your feet and then you'd have to move one foot to the where the knife was at and get closer and closer until someone got stuck in the foot? Did you guys ever play that? No, see, this is what we would call crazy white boy shit in Blackfeet country. <laughs> You know, look at Jackass. Did you ever see one fucking non-white kid in that shit? True story. But you know the one thing I I want to talk about because I know Wetz is a is a basketball junkie from old time. What do you? Th- I want to get your take on what you think about that. Like these guys in the NBA that just take days off, take games off just oh. for the sake of uh, resting their body. What do you think about like I don't know, like a LeBron James? Do you think he's the greatest of all time? You've got to be shitting me. Put your <laughs> Frickin' pipe down, put your beer down, and take the heroin needle out of your arm before you ever say some shit like that to me again. Load management is for fags. I, I can't, again, I don't care. I don't care. I've got gay friends. I don't care. And even that word used to mean happy. Ask Fred Flintstone, for God's sakes. Did he use that? But again, you know, at the end, it, it, no, load management is for prima donnas. It showed, it's kind of a dimension of showing you how soft these guys, in, in, in a day and age where they got the best trainers. Oh, yeah, and they're the strongest. They got cryogenic, you know, sleep boxes, all this stuff. That's a good, that's a really good point. I mean, look at, look at LeBron, maybe one of the strongest guys ever play and he's the biggest pussy on the planet. And he brags around about the million dollars in supplements he puts in his ass and uh, not, well, I shouldn't say not literally, but I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. Hey, I'll leave that one alone. Some farts on him and he grabs his eye. Like, you know, (laughs) Stu Morrill was pointing at him. Stu Morrill had the longest fingers of any Caucasian man. Was he the coach there? Oh, yeah. Coach Morrill, he would put his hands like this, and his finger would come over like an airplane headset. These ones would fold and be hanging down like big whiskers. This guy could palm. Oh my! He was good. a big a boy, ball. wasn't he? Oh yeah. Did he, yeah. Did he ever? Did he ever point those fingers at you when you're shuffling those cards around your back during the timeout? Uh, again, <laughs> you know, in a thong. Yeah, I, I think you forgot to mention I was in a thong and a tutu. How about that? Hey, listen. So you got you got Utah State and Utah. So you got Rick Pajeris and you got Stu Morrill on the sidelines. When those boys hit the restroom, you know that there was some destruction going on, right? Well, you know, and just in the context of visualization, I just picture two six five plus Leslie Nielsen's um, standing at the John when they had the Queen on the microphone. You know, oh, that, you know, 45 second, uh, but again, God, what Stop, Stomp and Stu, they, they had some good coaches come through there. I mean, they got, Mon- they had Montgomery, they well, had Stu. Coach. What are you talking about? He coached Brandenburg. And then, uh, yeah, they had some pretty good coaches run through their Montana's ways. 
And they had some pretty good players there, too. And, uh, Michael Ray Richardson. You ever heard of him? You never <laughs> heard Kid, man. Hey, Wetch, did you ever see that Chris Rock documentary on Michael Ray? No. Oh, Whatever happened so to Michael good. Ray? It's Chris, yeah, that's a good one. It's a documentary, and Chris Rock narrates it. It's very good. Well, I bet. I bet. Oh, so oh, he good. Was, yeah, he was nice. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Donnie, Donnie, when he was at the University of was he the but was he the first Native American to play Division One basketball? His dad was the first enrolled Native in the state of Montana to have graduated from a Division One school on an athletic scholarship. How about and, that? Now, Michael uh, Ray was older than him, right? No, no, no. Younger. Younger. He's Michael Ray was late 70s. Okay. Did your dad get it's to late. know him at all? What? Did your, did your old man get to know uh, Michael Ray at all? Um, yeah. Michael I mean, was, did, did they play on the same team? I don't know. No. Didn't we just Let's clarify pay. that? Hey, put Wait. your high life, your champagne, your champagne of beers down and listen. He played in the late mid late seventies and dad played in the late sixties or seventy. Seventy one, I think, because he was class of sixty seven. So yeah, I think he got done in seventy seventy one. Donnie was a Donnie so was there a legend. Several man. Years. Yeah. Donnie was a legend, and I remember I went to well him and Big Ken Larson, man, Mister Inside, Mister Outside. You guys should know that from being of Cut Bank. How about that? Was it '66? That team? Yeah. Seven Carl Christopherson, Rob Quist, uh, Donnie Wetzel, Dad Larry Selways, um, <laughs> Lloyd, Lloyd. Was on that team, I think. Adam Matz or Alan Matz. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. No shit. Yeah, they had. They were legends. Marvin. Did they smoke? Did they smoke every anybody? Everybody or did anybody come close to them? No, I don't about smoking. It. No, it was too tough back in the day. You know, again, Highline. Speaking you know, of those smoking, teams were too tough. I got a. I had. I saw a picture. Cup. The old Cup Inc. gym, the one that that burnt down. So whenever that was, there's a picture of of a basketball game there, and it was kind of up, taken from above, and there is a film of smoke. That just is hovering above the basketball court because everyone's in there just hammering heaters and watching the ball game. And so you just look down there and you see people sitting there watching the game, just fucking just hammering these heaters. And they're, all, they're kind of dressed up a little bit. But if I could find that picture, it is and legendary. What, what, what gym? Cup cupping. The, the, the cupping gym, the, the old one, right? The wooden and one. Nobody, I, and nobody, no one in my life ever held a cigarette like my Uncle Pizzi. A guy with a cigarette with his knuckle. He'd sit there and geez, he he made a cigarette. We used to take remember those candy cigarettes when we were little oh, yeah. in Browning. We'd go to Joe's Tip Top. What was your candy store in uh, Cutbank? Ben Franklin. Ben Franklin. I was gonna say that's the only place I remember getting in. When PC used to hold them like this. Yo, no, Pete would hold it like this, and he'd sit there, and his coffee was blacker in my. Well, yeah, they're black as your ass. Oh, he loved his coffee and his cigarettes. And again, you know, in Blackfeet country, it's not cigarettes. They're cigarettes. (laughs) (laughs) Or fags back in the 70s. Okay, let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk native (laughs) terminology here. The the one the one I remember is so Bell Motor. There was a a guy that sold it as a friend of my dad. What was his name? Anyway, he was a salesman there. And he said that. When the, the folks from Brownie would come in, they'd check out the cars. There's a couple questions that they would ask, you know, is it a double cap? You know, and then here's a great one. 
How does it do on distances? <laughs> and that means what kind of gas mileage does it get? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Any discerning yeah. person worth his weight in highline salt should discern that for Christ. How does it do on distances? Oh, oh about man. 23 miles a gallon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, Wetzel, oh, Wetzel is the king. He he is the absolute, the best, the king of interpreting and throwing out the, the language. Who? You. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know about that. I definitely have my own little grasp on the vernacular, if you please. You know, it's like, um, you know, like, I, you know, some conversational Blackfeet. Sani Tapi means, how you doing? You know, or good morning. You know, how are you? I think, no, I think it is. It's how you doing. Uh, Oki means hello. Thank you. You know, Iksukapi. Sukapi means good. Iksukapi means real good or fucking A. You know, <laughs> kind of like if you're Wooderson on Dazed and Confused. Hey, you know, Iksukapi. If he'd have said some shit like that, he would be the best legendary character of all time. What's the difference between Casper the Friendly Ghost and the Casper the Friendly Ghost from the reservation? You remember you told me this. What? Casper the Friendly Ghost says, boo. Oh, no, no, God. See, leave it to these white <laughs> guys okay. to mess it up. So, hey, this is the best. I'm at the Western B Divisional this last spring. And I usually do softball tournaments. That's where a lot of I've gotten on the microphone over the last seven, eight years. Yeah. Starting at Goose Town back in like 2016, 17, me and Albert Grovant went and took the microphone um, from Doc Savage and Bill Hill. I've been his man ever oh, since. Okay, Uncle Wilbur. Is that where you did the, the officiating? Okay, yeah. Let's get back. So I, I'm I'm at the Western B Divisional and I see R. Lee sitting there. I see Mission sitting there, and then I'm they weren't in our league. Well, Mission was. R. Lee wasn't. But then you had the rest of the 7B, and that's the last I played in. And I was like, geez, Louise, feels good to be back at the Western B Divisional after, uh, let's see, uh, 10, 15, uh, 25, Jesus, <laughs> 35 years most recently. Holy shit. 37 years ago is when I first cracked onto the 7B scene. Golly, I st- does that make me old? And I seen this old R. Lee guy over here just with this big shit-eating grin on his face, sitting there, arms folded, all decked in red, just smiling, getting a kick out of it. So I don't know. Something just felt comfy. I saw him, and everybody laughed, and he's just laughing. I said, security, keep an eye on my friend over here. He looks kind of suspect. <laughs> you know, and he's just still laughing. So I'm like, okay, hey, listen, being from Blackfeet country, let me – let me tell you a little intertribal humor. How about that? I share with you guys, huh? We're all, you know, today's yes. day. This is yes. 2022. So everyone's wounded. Everyone's yeah. offended. Oh, I says, uh, I got my old Thompson Falls, Eureka, you know, Florence. Yeah, this is too good not to. I says, let me share some intertribal humor. I says, so what's the difference between a white ghost and an Indian ghost? Jesus, the place went quiet. A murmur, if you will, you know, and uh, I'm kind of laughing going, oh, man, I'm going to have fun with this. Right. So I got my own shit eating grin on. I'm looking around. I'm like, well, a white ghost says boo. And everybody kind of nervously laughs like, ha, ha, duh. But I looked over my friend sitting over there in the Arley Red. I'm like, but an Indian ghost says boo. Yes, and I swear to God, everybody in the whole gym starts laughing. Well, here's the best part about it. I got a couple. I got a text 
and a call and a message that I wasn't able to get to, but uh, or I, they didn't leave a message, but uh, just from a friend of mine from over there. But the one that I got was a message from Veronica Peterson, Kempert. Yeah. And uh, she's like, this lady sends a picture with her shitty iPhone 7 and says, this white guy's telling racist jokes at the Western B Division. Said that to Veronica? Said that, posted it on Facebook. okay. Well, evidently, Veronica and a couple other people got right at her and said, you better take that down or you're going to get your ass dragged. (laughs) So when I got to halftime, I checked it out, and then I went to look for the post, and it was not there. You know, so in, but, in, in the spirit of translation, what does what does haze be? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, it's funny because, you know, white people really take themselves serious. Yeah. When Indians do that in a comedic capacity, they try and say it like a white guy, but then their way out, just almost a relief. Like, what if I, it kind of means what if I really sounded like that? Oh. So, you know, it's kind of like, yes, or, you know, it's just like, uh, funny, you know, it's just a funny way. Yeah, it's I love it's that. just an Indian way of doing it. And hey, for the record, in Blackfeet country, shit cha is one word. Shit cha? S I T C H A Y Y Y or Y or S I T C H Y A A A A H. Shit yeah. <laughs> what about in it? What if oh, they had to be? See, and that's where them southern rednecks don't have a they don't hold a candle. Oh, you all oh, no. No, you no. all. They take two words and turn it into one. And it yeah. sounds all sloppy like Brian, what did you say about getting pissed drunk? Brian used to say get pissed drunk. What'd you say get pissed drunk get and piss liquor to swap sends in the ditch? That's Canadian <laughs> shit right there, right? Hey, but listen to this. Emmett is three words or four, really, if we're not, you know, uh, compounding. Isn't that right? Is what Emmett means. Is not that right? That's actually four words, but if we're compounding, you know. Is that not correct? No, Emmett, that's what it means. But again, they can't sound like stiff, corny, articulated, grammarly oriented. Non black feet, not be quans, if you please. I mean, we, <laughs> I mean, we grew up. I mean, some of my my best friends were, you know, it's funny because it. I mean, we just we didn't know any different. Like those were our buddies, right? Yeah. And then and we'd get some of like we get some of our guys, you know, from, from the pasty side of town would start talking and they try to do the in and all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, just cut it out. Don't Listen, let these the, guys ever tell you they're from Cut Bank either. They're from Santa Rita. <laughs> Seville. From Seville. No, they can't. They're not from Seville. They'd have been beat up too many times, and they're they're too smart mouthed to have been beat up that many. You times. know what happened in Seville, Wats? <laughs> Brian had his flower destroyed in Seville. Uh huh. Brian had his flower destroyed in Seville. In Seville. <laughs> what I was, flower are we talking about? By a by a blackfoot gal. Oh, bless his heart. I, you know what I was? They called me. I was the barber of Seville, oh, <laughs> Please don't do that again. <laughs> oh, I love it, man. But I mean, that growing up, growing up up up, up in Browning and Highline and Cup Bank. I mean, it was a it was a cool thing. It's changed a little bit now. I mean, the dynamics have changed a little bit when I go up there, but. 
Um, it's small town America. And I know that the people from Cup Inc. that listen to this, sometimes they're the only ones who understand what we're talking oh, about. Oh, man. But we got people in 26 Salt countries. Salt earth people. Like 10,000 right people in 26 countries. There's no way in hell you got people from 26 countries. Yeah, we do. I can show, Spotify. I'll show you, what I'll show are you the child list. trafficking and sending them back with, like, <laughs> pigeon tags? Huh? Yeah, Telling them to watch my podcast? The, late, the, latest, the latest one is Japan. Oh, the Nagasaki's. <laughs> nice. Hey, that's where magic's made, man. Those guys don't mess around. That's right, man. They're technological beasts of the trade. And you know, Chinese are hacks. The Koreans are hacks. God bless them. But, yeah, they don't make the Japanese. Here you go, Wets. Have a look at this. I can't see it. Wait, hold on. Billy's showing us his iPhone. Oh, why did that's see? we don't want to see that picture of you naked? Dude. I can't read. What it. does that say? Oh, those are the Oh, those are the, are the countries? All yeah. right, all right. All, well, it ta- all, it ta- all it takes is one dude. I'll give you a little give you a little love there, but put it away. Quit yeah, trying I'll to settle that. Don't no, be trying I'm, to act caddy. Yeah, don't make. I'll, I'll cut. I'll, I'll, I'll cut. I'll, I'll cut that. I'm gonna cut. Caddy. I'm not trying to be caddy. I'm cutting. I'm cutting that out. I'm just showing you Japan. Japan. Caddy. Hey, so dig it. Here's the best Blackfeet word of all. So like, books of put means come here. Mees to put means go on. You know, uh, need to get <laughs> means hurry. Need- but it translates beautifully in my dad's. Blackfeet English upbringing. If he said need to get, he typically wasn't speaking in Blackfeet. He was saying, you need to get your ass over here right now before I kick the fuck out of you. <laughs> no. That's perfect double. It's a perfect, uh, perfect marriage. I mean, playing basketball up in Browning, it was, how intimidating was that? I mean, they kill, kill the lights and the spotlight comes out. They roll out in the headdresses. I mean, the the intimidation Dad factor. Dad started was all that. And it wasn't really for a show. It was more of right. a. Yes. So he wanted them to feel what it was like to be a modern day warrior. I think it's kind I of. I loved it. Diluted. But I mean, I still think for I the think most I part. Do sometimes. I, see I loved it. I thought, I thought it was a beautiful thing. No, it still is. And it still is. But it just seems to be more like, you know, today's NBA. There's a lot more divas in this generation than there were back in the day, you yeah. know. And yeah. so it's just changed. But I think the respect's still there. And, you know, big shout out to Roy McNabb. Brought a state title back to Browning for the first time in a long time. Oh, uh, when was that? Last, last this year? year in the class. Hey, yeah, their boys team won it. Oh, that's cool. Wow. I a lot of people don't realize dad won six in a row. In Browning, your dad um, won state six state championships. Yeah, he led them to their first six straight titles. And what's crazy about what? it, you what? look at the, no, listen in cross country, you get a point for every place you're in. So if you get first place, yeah. you get a point. You get twenty fourth place, your team gets twenty four points, and so on. So the lowest score accordingly is you know the the deal. Well, a perfect score is a six a fifteen. And I think it was 75, 76, maybe somewhere in there. Merlin Running Wolf, you know, those door boys, Bill Westwolf. Um, I think those boys, or it might have been Fernando and Alvin Oscar. And uh, anyway, Jimmy Chipwood, 16 points. First, second, third, fourth, and sixth were the place that they got. 
I didn't so know that your old man. So he so called, he called last country. He listened the longest state championship consecutive state championship is held by Loyola Sacred Heart. I think it's 33 consecutive state championships. In what? Tiddlywinks? Speech, speech and debate. Oh, well, of course. They're a bunch of rich-ass, spoiled a, Catholic kids. <laughs> what am I going to do? No, am okay, I lying? That, that's fair. But the re- reason why they win is what he's just talking about. They show up at the state tournament with, like, 30 freaking kids. In any other school, the most they could possibly show up was, like, five or six because no one speech and debate. No, so you got to give it numbers, to them. Raw numbers. They are the, so they 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 went like 33 straight, That's, took second, and they've won it since. So they got like 40 out of the last 41 years. Well, that's good because they don't have a lot of hardware at that school overall anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were our rivals in Corvallis, and I didn't know that until I got there. And I was fresh meat, so I had to deal with <laughs> Jeff Gilder, and I had to humble his cocky ass pretty Bruce. easily. And no. he's still intimidated by me. Yeah, oh, Jeff, Jeff. that's the fact. God yeah, bless you. He moved to Corvallis because of me. Oh, yeah. He, he's yeah. there right now, right? Isn't he coaching there? Corvallis Blue Devil because he wanted him to be as much like Sean Wetzel as he could. I pray to God Jeff listens to this. How many Jessups are on your team? Um, There were only four at the time, <laughs> but I think there were 38 about four years later, five years there later. There were seven <laughs> in the program when I was at Florence. Seven. And – uh up at Pinesdale, they do things a little different. All those Pinesdale. boys are awesome, too. Hey, yeah, those Pine, those old Pinesdale dudes kind of were like them old Indian cats. You know what I mean? They just kind of had their women. Oh, no, Joe Jessup is a cool dude. I mean, they're, they're all great guys, man. But the, uh, there's a lot. Of, I bet there's Jessups right now. I actually was oh, yeah. checking into the hotel in Bozeman. This is a couple of years ago. And the gal said, you know, on her name badge, it said uh, where they're from, you know. Corvallis, Jessup. I go, so tell me what your family are you. How many Jessups you got rolling around with your family reunion? She goes, you don't even want to know. You don't you even want, want to know. know. And that's the funny thing about it. Those pioneers are pretty cool. They kind of got that. You know, when you go through shit, when you're kind of looked at differently, you kind of have your own deal. You know, the high line, you know, people used to kind of look at people from the high line being about half backward. But we all knew damn good and well, man. It's just There was no messing with high line people. They you know, I'd moved to Missoula. I'd moved, you know, ever since I left Browning, I I lived in Missoula. I lived in Helen. I lived in Billings. Nah, you know, you just weren't getting to me a Highline kid. Again, you look, you make eye contact. It's pretty much on. You know, I yeah. seen my cousin Reed kick the shit out of some dude in Shelby one time at the uh, Northern A Divisional. It was like seventy eight, seventy nine, and the kid started it reed played her cool and uh then just they went outside and reed just proceeded to kick his ass and he denies it? it and downplay it? Oh, i would love to know the guy's name but reed came in just didn't even flinch he just come in that guy's buddies are out there trying to help him get back in and then they had security you know but everybody got out of there but uh you know that's kind of good back in the day when you know you could go fight it out do you remember Chaz Golkenauer from Conrad? You know that name? No. How about Greg Barnes? Barnsy's my dude. <laughs> Barnsy's my dude. And again, that's where I was going with the Highline Blackfeet, you know, Butte connection, Anaconda. You know, there's so so many similarities, you know, just we real. Gotta get, we got to get Grady on here. Kids. Hi? We got we got to get Grady. You and Grady are, you guys are on our, our radar, man. Yeah, I know. I just went and saw him. Um this last uh when you know he had some health problems you know you guys familiar with that yeah. one? 
Yeah. I want to check him out. I got him dialed in with Andy Anderson. He's giving him some Congan water, you know, just because of what I've, you know, seen it to well, do. Hey, speaking of which, like, we want to, we want to, we want our sponsor today is Congan water. Wets, can you tell us a little bit about it? <laughs> yeah, listen, we have a sponsor. Wetcellwater.com. That's W E T C E L L water. Okay. Dot com. But, but Sean, it's just water. No, it's not. <laughs> But I'm not going to do a commercial. No, no, if you're worth your weight and salt to your crowd, look at my website. Don't jock me to be some demo right now. We'll do that another time. Y'all want to have me on a podcast, video, I'll demo this shit. That's what we do. And you put this out in your 26 countries for your boy, and we'll call it a date. <laughs> well, listen, next year we're bringing on YouTube. And we bring on some of those other platforms. So when we when we get our YouTube channel up, YouTube's we're, we're, a bunch of bitches. They've I sold know, their but, soul. But but it, you know what? That's a, that's a good. People like to see some of this. Stuff. If they could see some of the stuff that you know when we come on, because it's all audio, right? Right. But when we had like Tinks on here, and, you guys uh, had Tinks. Yeah, yeah Tinks. Awesome. And we had Timmy Halk on here. Nice. And uh, those are my boys. So when I was a freshman. I didn't like the basketball scene so much, you know. I just it wasn't my fit and all that aside. I quit lifting with uh, the hoopers and shit, and started lifting with Timmy Hal, Brad Salonen, Kirk Scrafford, all those dudes. And uh, oh, yeah, Sloan was from uh, Helena, wasn't he? Brian, Who? Brian Sloan was from Helena. No, no, no. He's great, a great, great ball. Great, great He's great a great balls, balls right. bison. Brian and Brad. The bison. Yeah. Who was the greatest quarterback to come out of Great Falls? Have to be Dave Dickinson. That's right. It sure wasn't, wasn't Ryan Leaf. It was. Oh, the, yo, good lord! I forgot about that poor bastard. But yeah, he was a gunslinging fool. Yeah, Dickinson. Absolutely. Dad. Oh, so here I got to tell this story. So I'm in I'm in Kalispell, right? This is a great. You're gonna love this one. So I'm in Kalispell and I'm at uh, Fat Boys, right? Just having and, and it was it was bingo night, right? So they got. The place is packed. Bingo, and I'm just kind of minding my own business. And there's this kid in there, and he ha- he was he was touched a little bit. I'd seen him at some basketball tournaments before, and he was a little off. Well, he comes he comes racing over to me, and he says, uh, he goes, hey, uh, can I get a picture with you? <laughs> and I said, I go, why do I get a picture? He goes, listen, I know who you are, but I won't I won't say anything to anybody. <laughs> I, said, I said, oh, okay. And so the bartender comes up, and she goes. He says to her, he goes, "Hey, would you would you mind uh taking this taking a picture of us?" And uh, and and she goes, "Yeah, sure." He goes, she goes, "Do you know who this is?" Well, and I, I want Macaulay Culkin. No, <laughs> Dave Dickinson. So she <laughs> so he thought it was Dave Dickinson. And I go, I go, listen, could you just I'll take a picture, but just please keep it down. So um. She would take a picture, and I right before she'd take her picture, I'd kind of look away just a little bit. And he'd get, he, right. goes, he goes, no, 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 no. He goes, you're looking down. So if we had to take like five or six <laughs> pictures, I realized because you're wasn't trying get... to be all shamed out. Yeah, well, I'm just trying to look away. So I realized I can't get. I got to take this picture with this kid. So he's sitting there, and we're taking a smile, taking a picture. Right, end of story. Not the end of the story. I'm in my. De- this is like three years later. I'm in my. I'm at the dentist, and. uh the gal that works in there, I I knew her. She's been there forever. We've known her. She goes, "Hey, I saw you. I saw your. I saw your picture on Tinder." I go, "I go what?" <laughs> she goes, "Yeah." She goes, "I actually took a screenshot of it." 
This guy was on Tinder, and his fifth profile picture was of him and supposedly Dave Dickinson. So me and him, his Tinder picture was me and him on there. And so he thinks that was Dickinson. Oh, my God. So I was on, I go. He probably got a lot of puss from that. Oh, my God. Or didn't. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Well, so then I'm like, Maya, I'm on Tinder. What the hell? And so she goes, Oh yeah, you're on Tinder, buddy. And I, and no, and no one knew that. I mean, no one thought it was Dave Dickinson except for this guy. And I didn't. I thought that picture was right. I kept looking away, looking away. But we took a great picture, and that baby was on the World Wide Web. So Dave Dickinson at his finest. Awesome. They thought I went down to uh, Carolina uh, when I was uh, in '92. Over a Christmas break. No, it's your graduate school. So a Christmas break, and uh, it was flying back from Raleigh-Durham International Airport, and this kid come up to me and kept asking me for my autograph. And I'm like, what do you, no, what are you talking about? No. And, you know, I'm playing up at Northern, and I'm sitting in RDU. He thought I was Christian Leitner. <laughs> and I'm looking at my wife, I'm looking at his mom, and I'm like, she and she's him? like, who's Christian Leitner? And I'm just like, oh, my God, you guys, I'm not. No, come on, man. You can't. You please, man. I can You're see awesome. It. I can no, see my that. hair the way my oh, hair yeah. was. And I wasn't so square. I can see that. I can see I that. I think I'm better looking. But, again, I digress. I digress. <laughs> His dad comes over and he's like, hey, man, don't be an asshole. And I looked at him and I just flared my nostrils like, fuck you. <laughs> I was like, give me that pen. I just scribble. <laughs> See, flip, you, flip. You have to. There you, you go. To. And I gave it to him. And, you know, Keegan is like two years old. And, uh, yeah, I know. And Mindy didn't really know what was going on. You know, she wasn't too aware. Who's Mindy? That was Keegan's mom. My first wife. <laughs> you know, yeah. She, see, that's the thing. She had a hard time with me, too. And then later on, <laughs> now I'm the coolest thing since sliced bread. It took her 30 years to figure it out. Wetzel got a degree. He was a counselor. He was a family and marriage. I mean, I don't marriage, but he was a counselor. How long were you a counselor for? I was never a family practitioner. I just got my K through 12 certification. You know, I did that, you know, but I don't know. Just again, kids, it's Carolina, I wasn't able to really find any stability in the counseling career i was more interested in being a professional dad in the midst of uh, a lot of obstacles and believe me that journey is a well-documented one <laughs> <laughs> i don't i think that i think a kid rolls in there to your office to do a little counseling i'd love to sit and, i'd like oh, to no. sit in that session you know and again you know i'm yeah i you know I've, I've done suicide intervention skills training where we'll train trainers um, you know, police, law enforcement, mental health, schools, you know, athletic programs, you know, just help recognize the suicide ideation. You know, I've done a lot of that and it's redeeming. I've worked at a group home, you know, I've, you know, I've definitely uh, college level, high school level. Yeah, I liked it. I sub here at Butte High every once in a while. Oh, that's cool. But again, how, how old were you when you did that? Hi? How old were you when you did that, when you did the counseling? When I got my master's, I got it at 26. Okay. But then, you know, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I'm still, let's just say I've kind of been a, uh, uncle Wetzel counselor along the way. You know, I'd like mm -hmm. to think that most of my unofficial counseling, if you please, has been a lot more, Effective. you know, cause when you know people, when they trust you, 
Yeah. It's a whole nother dynamic. Now, I've always been about relationship development. Yeah. I don't really think you get anywhere until you can develop some type of trust, some type of foundation where, especially in today's day and age where people are so uncomfortable with themselves, they don't know what to think. Right. You know, we're just in a major identity oh. crisis. That's oh, yeah. all it is. We're unloved. We feel all this stuff. You know, we all go through stuff. But at the end of the day, like I said, any kid I've ever talked to, everything always boils down to dad issues, either abuse or neglect. And for the most part, you know, being absent, you know, so I don't know, you know, everything's pretty simplified, but that's why I take a comedic approach to shit yeah. because I think hey, people oh. take things too goddamn seriously and they need to lighten up every once in lighten a while. Up, fucking a. Start getting back to getting real again and quit cow towing around, tippy towing on eggshells, so, worrying about offending people. Let's hey, talk man. about, let's back up for a second. The comedian. Uh, now you're doing some stand up here in Butte? No. no. Yeah, I saw something yeah. posted. Who knows that? Well, that's my man, Dark Sevier or Sevier. Seviant. Uh, no, no, no. Just clean <laughs> it up. Just roll with it here. I'm the guy driving this bus. You just pipe down, buckle your seatbelt. Don't, don't be a bus. I, no, he, he's, you know, he used to DJ up at KBMF, you know, where I'm DJing now on Sunday nights, ButteAmericaRadio.org. Click the listen live link once on, and you'll hear DJ White Soul yeah. uh, take you down the Nomadic Roadshow After Dark Trail every Sunday, 10 p.m. Big Sky Time. That's yeah. Mountain Standard, if you please. So 10 p.m. and what's what? the what's the radio station again? KBMF LP stands for Low Power, and uh, on the dial is 102.5. But uh, it's such a low-power radio station. We get up to about the uh, top of the west side of Homestake and to Rocker. You know, you get through that little dipsy do over there heading to Opportunity in Crackerville, uh, more famously <laughs> recognized as Anaconda Country. <laughs> um, you just lose signal. So, so, so I send day. a lot of – I've had actually 13 people, and I'll post my Facebook stuff. Here's me bragging. Mm -hmm. They've got a little streamers thing that tells you how many people on. I've had as no seventeen. I've had as many as seventeen on, and uh, I had three people on Facebook one night from different countries. Is Samuel Soa a guy I've never met in person, but he hit me up on Facebook <laughs> because we're both in Enagic. Um, My man Marcus Algrimson, and uh, he was in Germany at the time. You do magic. What? <laughs> Did, what did you see? <laughs> what? You started at the University of Montana with it during that timeout. So, let's talk about the comedy night. What, no. What is that? So, right. So, long story short, it's just an open mic night every Tuesday night at six o'clock. Going, we did, I guess they just got done with week number two. I'm now, coming. Well, oh, yeah. we oh, have yeah. practice oh, yeah. as long as it doesn't conflict with my schedule, but. You know, I do enough comedy just off the cuff, sitting at softball tournaments, and, you know, I don't script anything. You know, I'm kind of a situational comedian, I guess. If you, I, I like to just, my situational awareness and my sarcastic sense of humor um, have allowed me to uh, be pretty improvisationally on point <laughs> over the years, and I think that's given me a lot of my... Uh, you know, a lot of my uh, credibility in the, you know, microphone, you know. So I'm hosting, I'm doing wedding receptions now and shit. 
So I it's think, cool. I've done two of those this year. I, I want to see. I will fly out there to see you and Brian do stand up one night. Hell yes. Well, no, I just, what you got to do is come back one summer and come to a tournament I'm at and I'll just sit and raise hell and we spin can spin it out. Spin it out. In front of five, 600 people in a softball complex is there watching softball and listening to me just. You know, commentate. yeah, you're not going to yeah. believe this, but so I've done stand up three times in Indianapolis and I always blow past the mark. They're like, I see that red light. It's like, eh. I'm like, I got to finish Brian you're just I'm, in your rhythm, right? right you're just well, getting your flow. Yeah. Ah. But Brian, I mean, I'm, I mean, I did okay, but Brian, I've seen clips of his stand up, dude. He brought Brian's going to have to go to Butte. So you can see him. He, <laughs> he, he knocks the shit out of it. It's a Covalite theater, too, by the way. Six yeah. o'clock. So, yeah, I'm going to go up there and just screw around and, and raise hell with people. That's all. You're just yes. teasing, torturing people. You know, it's funny. I referee these uh, fourth through eighth grade games. These guys want me to ref more than some of our MOA officials. <laughs> because, again, you know, it's fourth through eighth grade, you know, especially the eighth grade. This last weekend, we. Uh, had the Santa Slammer. You know, Bill Hill has his tournament Anaconda every year for them little guys. And uh, they were so full, they had to use East Element or East Middle School's gym. So uh, my man, Coach Lutke, uh, had me run the gym over there. And I ref 22 games in back-to-back days, hey, 11 apiece. And uh, bartended at the country club that night, nevertheless. But, uh, yeah, it's cool because, you know, I get to, I'll make calls. Yeah, you know, 43 with the bear hug, you know, and it's totally not a call, but I'm coming through with the mechanics of it all. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 43 uh, riding him like a saddle. You know, <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, threw a saddle on him. That's what I said. Riding him like a Harley was uh, one of the ones I busted out at the Western B Divisional on the microphone, <laughs> which uh, the kid from Thompson Falls, this Tussier kid, cried laughing. He pulled over when I was uh, walking to the car that night, said, "Oh my God, I'm never gonna hear the end of that one." Uh, I met a beautiful, like I remember in the NFL, like made a call. And he said, "Give it him the business." That was the call. Give it number seventy-five. I give said it that business. this weekend too. Yeah, number twenty-two, giving him the business with the forearm <laughs> shiver, you know, and it just lightens up the crowd. And you know, you even asked me how many people have I ever give teed up, or what's my. I don't tee people up. I don't throw people out. I just shame them out in public. There you yes. go. You know, in a very intentionally passive-aggressive way. I'm going to passively embarrass you. Yeah. And if you want to get aggressive, well, then I'll have to handle it the way, you know, I did mock The way you do up, the way you do up on the rest. Just take off running because they'd all be coming after me. <laughs> no. What's yeah, that? One time I was in a game, I think it was at Butte actually, and the guy, one of the parents in the stands, was just giving me hell, and like I, he was, I was right by the out of bounds, right by him, and I just took my whistle around my neck, and I just took two steps in the stands and put it on his head, and the guy just turned white as a ghost, and he kept his damn mouth shut the rest of the game. Yes, nice, nice. See, and I'm a little coy. I let everybody else indulge in my assailant of a guy you know and again even if it ain't nothing like god bless you how about that we're at the santa slammer this was last year sunday fun <laughs> what's day, it called santa the santa slammer it's a pre-christmas tournament sunday fun day and we're up here at freddie mercury gym and it was something else it's some <laughs> other fred but i call it sounds like fred mercury um and uh 
boy, you're the only one in here seeming to be having a bad day. I says, you know, God, you got good ball. You got shitty refs, you know. You think you'd just kind of be able to roll with it. But, boy, you're sure taking it out on me. Um, you want to talk about it? I'll be Dr. Phil for a few seconds. We got a timeout. And everyone's sitting around him just, like, giggling, cracking up. The wife's elbowing him, like, will you stop? You're embarrassed to the family. Then I'll introduce him. Hey, Sean Wetzel, you know, how you doing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, I'll guarantee you this. If I have to, I'll bend over and use my good eye next time. I... <laughs> and he, everyone died laughing. I winked at him, and I walked off. And, yeah. you know, I've had guys come up to me going, you know, I've never had anybody – it, I don't know. He said, that was just awesome. I was having a shitty day. You were an easy target and you called it out. I said, Jesus, I'm six, eight. Oh, I'm five feet, 20 inches tall, uglier in hell. And I got, a, I got a referee Jersey on it. Talk about a target, you that's know, a, captain obvious over here. That's a, that's a, it's a, uh, it's a long ways from the dream team. Weren't you on the dream team? Christian, Christian Leitner out here. Now he's right, coaching right. the, he's yeah. appreciate the Santa slammer and the mile high classic. Hey, and I got to go sweat with some of my boys here. A uh, little pregame. We got a, sa- a date with the sauna where I'm going to just roll it black feet, Norwegian style. That's for right. Him. 1500. We got to cut it. We oh, got to yeah. cut it off. So yeah, I got to be up there. I got to leave here in about 10 minutes, but uh, I'd like to think that this might be just kind of a prelude to some uh, yeah. future Hell yeah. small town shenanigans uh in the future is that a that, nice little plug i think that's you? a nice little plug and you know what it's going to be uh i think i don't know i don't know what wetzel's experience is but we have this thing called the hooderite chronicles oh, and we talk <laughs> oh i've got a great one i'm gonna have to share that bring it really quick listen that's good so i'm coaching in harlem and i'm you know 23 well i turned 24 at that point it's the springtime but i should say that harlem when we played, our JV played Turner. Turner Tornadoes? Varsity, right? Well, when they came to Harlem the first time, God, I had all these old German boys just sizing me up left and right. I'm over on, you know, I'm looking good. I'm 23. It's 93, you know, so I'm dressing like Morris Day in the time of Prince without yeah, the ruffles, baby. you know, yes, yes. just because I could, you know, because I'm intertribal like that. Everybody try and dress like Wetzel. Nevertheless, uh, these guys are eyeballing the shit out of me and don't think nothing of it. Well, we go up to Turner and we got that action going on and obviously varsity. So I'm just sitting, you know, I'm not, I'm just helping out. And, you know, I think Cal Bigby was my coach. <clears throat> these three old German guys come right up to me and, uh, Hey, boy, how you doing? Oh, you know, they had the black pants, the white long sleeve button up <laughs> shirt with the black suspenders. You know, these guys were uh, dressed for success as they uh, typically are. And, uh, you know, they asked me, so, uh, you know, where are you from? And they started talking. I was like, yeah, I'm Wetzel. It's German. And my mom's people got some German Dutch, you know, and Scandinav. You know, what are we going to do with well, hey, I was wondering if uh, you'd be interested in uh, maybe letting us use your specimen. <laughs> no, swear to God. No, listen, I'm tw- again. I just turned 24, and I'm pretty, you know, pretty funny. I've pretty much been around enough to get. I didn't get it. I was like, specimen. Wait a sec. What? Oh yeah, you know, we're uh, looking to introduce some new blood into the colony. And Did they uh, really t- no, listen it? to me. This is the God's honest <laughs> truth. And they pulled me aside. 
you know, and again, <laughs> now I'm starting to go, holy Christ, this is why they're staring at me like the last park shop in the fridge at bar time in Harlem. <laughs> and yeah, we need to introduce some new blood. We're thinking, we're thinking of introducing some new blood into our colony. And you look like uh, you'd be the perfect specimen. And I'm like, <laughs> putting it together. And I'm like, no, wait, hold on a minute. Well, how how's this operate? Well, you know, I mean, uh, you probably know how to do it, don't you? And I'm looking at him like, well, you know, I am a father of uh, a two-year-old, uh, if that helps, uh, you know. The stork didn't bring the thing, and they're laughing. He's like, well, you know, yeah, you just, you know, it's up to you, you know. We we typically like to just have a sheet there, just, you know, but if if, if you're, you have no problem. And again, I'm married, you know, I'm yeah. just kind of rolling with it now because I'm intrigued. <laughs> that, they're laying it on this. No, they're laying it on this. monetary compensation on this? You know, we didn't even get to that at that point in time. I kind of just kind of crack up. I'm like, geez, you guys as flattered as I am for the offer. Uh, God, I'm a married cat. And, uh, you know, I just think it kind of probably go against my moral principles. I mean, you know, the strippers don't count. But, you know, I think this would be, I think this would be a little egregious in the uh, essence of Morella tie. <laughs> oh, this so way, she, I wait, shook did, their hands. Hi. Did they show you the gal that you were going to spend some time no, with? No, no, but I imagine she probably had a mustache and back hair and was good breeding stock, if you know what I mean. Swash yeah. Old- yeah. Well, my mom's women, my mom's sisters, they're all cursed. They're all German girls and talk about breeding stock. There's a lot of good specimen that come out of those gals, man. I tell you what, <laughs> they've calved out a lot of good stock. Well, that's a great sport. I've never heard that. That uh, yeah, no, this, that's a fact. I'm going back and telling all my assistants, Ron Gillum, our stiff arm, Oh, I'm, I'm telling these guys this, and they're wait, is Ron is Ron related to Jennifer Stiffarm? Because uh, I dated her a little bit in college. Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, is that her brother? No, are you talking young Ron? I don't no. know. I just no, no. Though they're they're related, they're cousins. So yeah. did they did they did they introduce you to the young gal that was had a bee's nest? No, no. we didn't get there. No, I was speculating. <laughs> I was kind of giving you the the visual of what I had. I've never even heard of anything like that ever happening. You know, a girl that you would have tried to put a ring on her finger in high school because you didn't, you got such. I still do. I was just up there. I was just up there with Brian in June, and I tried to, I tried to propose to one of those hood right gals, and she shut me down. Headlock boy. I tell you what, they put your ass in the headlock and give you a noogie and call you. She gave me a noogie, and she goes, "Get out, get out of here." All right, this is where we stop the bus and you two yahoos get That's off because the Nomadic Road Show this is, this has is to awesome. head up to the KCAC, the Knights of Columbus Athletic Club. Big plug to Bernie Boyle, St. Bernard. This guy is a beautiful human being. Uh, yeah, I'll have to get into his accolades another time. But I got some of my uh, nephews up here and wearing the purple and white. Uh, Want to go up there and get a nice Scandinavian Blackfeet style sweat in the uh, in the dungeon of the KCAC downstairs, one of the oldest buildings in the town. Yeah, it's fucking epic, dude. It's badass. Well, well we, I, as much as time, first of any, we have Wetzel here. I think oh, that we'll we'll have Wetzel on whenever he wants. But no, but I am gonna like on a serious note. Like I'm gonna, I want to plug. I, you know what? Wetz does good business. He's an entrepreneur. He's got a great a great product, King and Water. And you know he didn't 
you know, he's being humble. He doesn't want, doesn't need to talk about it, but check it out. Get a hold of Wets. For the record, man, wetcellwater.com. Spell that. Wetcellwater. I got old coach Steve Schulte. He even coached in Browning for a minute. I had to dismiss him for a sec. Wetcellwater.com. Now, my name's Wetzel, W-E-T-Z-E-L. But this water hydrates you at a six and a half times more efficient rate. So it's wetting your cells. It's literally wetter water. So wet cell water.com. Spell Dig it. it without a shovel, bitches. <laughs> W-E-T. All right, w- we'll wrap it up, Billy boy. All right. Well, we always we always wrap it up with every shenanigan must transcend. <laughs>